Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington. We bring you articles and podcasts featuring the best in Austin comedy in all its shapes and formats. Started in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. I love Austin comedy so much and I believe in it so much and I just feel like... The thing about comedy is if you have some conviction, it goes a long way. I mean, I don't know. I always love laughing. My dad is a great storyteller, and that's, I think, part of the influence was my father's. He's he's really funny, and he's a brilliant story. What would I do other yeah. than be a yeah. stand-up comedian? Yeah. Like, I was always the class clown, but I wasn't ever trying to be. Like, I would just say stuff, and just people would just crack up. And... See, I want the audience to love me, but I don't want to be a clown for them. I want them to love me for... Uh, my own uh, for for what I'm doing on my own terms. No, I didn't. I didn't choose being a comedian. It's it's weird. It's like being a comedian kind of chose me. I'm I'm needy. I know I'm needy, <laughs> but like I need stand up. Like I need people. Like yeah. it's I cannot imagine not doing this. I'm your host, Valerie Lopez. Oh, the behind the scenes technical wizardry <laughs> always confounds me. Uh, I am so excited to be here to bring you our live stream edition of Comedy Wham Presents. This is our very special five year anniversary episode. Uh, ComedyWham.com, it's your place to go for features about Austin based comedy i'm keeping an eye on my cat over here um we've got articles album <laughs> reviews and a live austin comedy calendar follow us on twitter instagram facebook twitch youtube all at comedy wham uh, our online isolation comedy show which we did all of last year it felt like uh, is all archived on our youtube channel so you can go back and watch these great online shows uh, for tonight's Comedy Wham Presents interview podcast, uh, it's live streaming right now. So if you're hearing me, you know, this is now, this is here. Uh, but it gives you a chance to actually watch us and even participate in our uh, one-on-three, two-on-two. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll figure out the math later, conversations. Uh, we're still a podcast. We've just got video now. And as a bonus for those of you that are watching live with us, on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube, we'll have a Q&A segment at the end, and you can submit your questions, and we'll have our panelists answer to the best of their ability. And finally, oh, I'm long-winded here. Uh, we are accepting donations for our guests. You can go to our Comedy Wham PayPal, and we'll drop a link in the uh, comments in just a moment if you'd like to support our guests. So let's get started. Today, today of course, tonight, it's 8 p.m. Central. If you're across the world, it's not. But we're celebrating five years of the podcast, Comedy Wham Presents. And last year was such a crazy, crazy year for Austin comedy that I wanted to do a panel discussion about the state of Austin comedy. So we're going to start off with the co-host of Sure Thing, co-founder of Sure Thing Records, and he has been with us since the very first podcast. And I'd like to welcome everyone to Brendan K. O'Grady. Wow. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Richard. And uh, it's great to see you. I, I, very first one. I was on the first one of these, wasn't I? And uh, I, 
I think this is three now that I've 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 been yes. uh, asked to be on, and I could not be more pleased. Thank you all yeah. so much for having me again. Absolutely. And then we've got a young comic. I mean, she's numerically <laughs> younger than any of us. <laughs> she. From my perspective, she thrived in the online comedy world, like she adapted to that. And I think that's where she, you know, I grew to love her. And she's been one of those brave souls who's been hosting an open mic in the post, post, uh, you know, COVID shutdown universe. And it's called Wanderlust. And uh, she's been doing that for a few months now. So please welcome Gabby Montemayor. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And then most of you never, ever, ever, ever get to see the person behind the scenes who does the technology, the person who made Isolation Comedy Show happen, and the person who gets to hear me asking for help with the website and all of its cool features. So I am pleased to drag out in front of the camera Richard Goodwin. Oh, great. And my camera shot's messed up. The producer's camera shot's messed up. That's perfect. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly how it's supposed to go. Back to you, Val. Thank you. So we're all gathered here today to talk about Austin comedy or beyond. There's been a lot that has happened. Do you, so uh, in the history of the Comedy Wham podcast, I would usually have either Brendan or Duncan come back on my anniversary episodes. Last year, it kind of took a twist. And uh, I do remember being uh, stopped in the halls after a sure thing show by Brendan who said, Hey, last year you didn't even invite me. <laughs> okay. Oh, I just, I, I listened to the show and I heard Duncan and I didn't realize that, uh, that a roast had been set up in my honor and I wanted to get back in and address a few misconceptions, but you know what? What's in the past is in the past. I think we all have bigger things on our horizons now. So I'm willing to let that, those bygones be gone and, uh, and we can continue with today's topics. Well, it wasn't even so much the roast, because yes, that, that did happen. But last year, I invited comedy super fan Marcus Wilson, who everybody yes. loves. Yes. Great guy, great supporter of Austin comedy. And it was an interesting conversation to just, you know, geek out about Austin comedy. But this was in January. And, you know, little did we know that within two months our entire universe of being super fans of comedy would be turned upside down so i thought well this year i've slowed down in the podcasts but there's so much to talk about the austin comedy that i thought it made sense to have you um brendan come on but also kind of balance it out with somebody who's uh newer in the scene gabby and who's you know She's she's out there in the post-COVID world, whereas you and I are a little more cautious. I am mm-hmm. running a live show, but I'm like super OCD and cautious about it. So I thought we'd have these really interesting balancing perspectives. <sighs> so uh, let's do this because as Brendan knows and as Richard knows, but Gabby may not know, I do have an official opening question. (laughs) Let's do it. One word to describe your past. I think, I think that should go to Gabby first. (laughs) 
One word to describe my past. Mm -hmm. Effortful. <laughs> Effortful. Is that a word? It's the opposite of effortless. It's, uh... it's like being whelmed. It's, uh, yeah, whelmed. It's uh, the opposite of overwhelmed. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with effortful. I try so, so hard. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fucking loser, and I try really hard, and I show up on time, and I uh, nerd habits die hard. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Brendan? <laughs> uh so i so i think over the over the years i think i've normally had some kind i think one year i probably just said like my word was or something like that um i will say that uh this word about my past is that it is receding uh i just just i'm uh, getting a little more getting getting up there in years a little more uh and uh i think coming into my own more as a human being as time goes on which i think we should all endeavor to do Right, yeah. but your hairline looks perfect. Oh yeah, no, no, it's gotten hair. thicker and fuller. It's moving more. Is... It's moving closer to my eyebrows. In fact, <laughs> it's yeah. nice conjoining. That's Thank that's you. good. Richard, <laughs> I've never been asked this. I did not know this I know. question was coming. Yeah. Um, I will say. Stressful. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're, Buddy. We're, we're really good friends. You know, <laughs> we obviously couldn't couldn't do this venture if we weren't friends. So I, uh, yes, <laughs> it has been stressful. It hasn't just been the 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 show or the, the pandemic, yeah. uh, or the presidency, or the new presidency, or <laughs> yeah, uh, just just fucking life. Yeah, yeah. we get it. <laughs> I think it's a few of those things. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dig in with our first topic. I've already alluded to it a lot that, you know, COVID turned our worlds upside down last year. And I will share my own experience. I remember the weekend before Southwest was about to start or the week before there happened to be a show at the fallout. And I think it was Evans. Um, oh man, why can't I remember the name? It's the, the, Choose your own because event. it's been a full year, is why. Been a year, yeah. We we went to his show at Fallout, and then they they were doing a, a special Spite Club that night at the Valve, and so I went there, and then everything shut down, and I was nervous for like a good week. I'm like, oh my god, because it wasn't just me. I had brought my son <laughs> to the show. I'm like, ah, I mean, I'm here, so that's good, but it was, uh, you know crazy the confusion that was caused with you know some people were like well uh, I know Colton was trying to do like a let's Hail Mary do a, a little mini festival to to kind of cover people and then we realized that yeah. that couldn't happen and then that's actually how Colton got involved or you know became part of the whole um, isolation comedy show so that's you know what was happening close to us um brendan i'm going to turn to you first because you have had an institution of austin comedy oh man <laughs> you know would it be going on more than 10 years at this point right 
Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so this would be uh, the, the show started in 2012. Uh, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Uh, so we're, we're, we're getting there. Um, and what's so interesting about this, and I, I, I do talk to Duncan Carson, my co-host and co-producer and best pal, uh, pretty frequently. And, you know, we, we've talked about uh, it, it's just weird for us because we we had the experience of being like a you know fully independent show in the back room of a coffee shop um, that is you know that sat empty for <laughs> the better part of a year when when we were in between venues just because of you know Austin real estate turnover and stuff and how resentful <clears throat> I felt every time I would drive by that coffee shop and just see that like it's not even a Chipotle like it's just sitting there empty like that room is there and we could be there. And that was like, you know, 10 months of, you know, can we find a venue where we can come back? And and we were so lucky to find a wonderful fit with the folks at the Fallout Theater. Um, and unfortunately, you know, as, as much as we can all imagine, of course, there's going to be a post-COVID time. There's At, at some point, it will w- there will be something resembling the life we used to live. But I don't know if it's going to be 100 people in a basement, you know? Um, so this, this, this whole last year has been kind of surreal because for the entire year that we were gone, uh, when we, when we had our, our hiatus in between venues, um, I, I, I just, I thought like, you know, can we ever get the show back up? And, uh, you know, I, I just felt so, I was so, it just felt like it had been taken from us in a way where for the last year, everyone had everything taken from them. So it's made it kind kind of easier to cope a little bit in a weird way, like having had that other previous experience, um, but not 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 to get too too deep into uh, uh, I think what would be a future topic. Um, the thing that I'm the most frightened for um, in terms of comedy is the comedy specific venues. Um, it's 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 hard enough to make a buck when when you know there's not a pandemic happening. And it's even harder if you're, you know, a tiny, uh, you know, black box comedy theater that is dedicated to putting on just that thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I guess to, to wrap all these things up, you know, yeah, we're like, sure thing, we'll probably be able to come back because we could do it at a bar. Like we could do it, you know, we could theoretically do it anywhere where you felt like the fit was there. And we're lucky enough that we've been around long enough that that will probably be enough to, to kind of kickstart it and get an audience back eventually. But finding that right venue is so hard and there's going to be so many fewer of them. And the thing that has ever made our show special was always the, the, the venue and the community of people who came to it. And that's, that's going to be something that, you know, new shows will come and, and they can, they'll always be able to build their own audiences and stuff. And, you know, we've had one experience of being gone and coming back and it worked incredibly, you know, how much can we really expect that to happen again? I don't know. That's 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 kind of the view from our from our our seat uh, for for whatever whatever size institution you might think that we we uh, we we deserve to be called. Um, let me ask a a, a follow up question because you you talked about the venues and so far, um, I'm only aware of Cold Town shifting to fully online or moving spaces like. I admit I'm I'm not fully versed on what their situation is, but the other theaters have not announced any closures. They've done online shows. They're doing online classes. So they're figuring out ways to sustain themselves during this time. So yeah, there's, there's hope that those types of institutions will 
will be there for us when when we can go to see them in person. Yeah, I and and I didn't mean to like pass cast like the the doomiest gloomiest. I'm not talking about Fallout specifically necessarily. Although again, I I don't know how long it'll be until that type of environment is it becomes a viable space again. You know, like you're talking about literally a basement where people sit shoulder to shoulder, 115 right. in the room. You know, right. um, so I'm a little nervous about that space specifically, just only for those reasons. Uh, and you know, it's it's great that somebody have been able to pivot, but you know, <clears throat> if Cap can go down, anybody can go down. You know, um, it, like. Uh, the the valve is not a hugely profitable concern on its own, right? Like, and if we don't have the tourism money coming into fuel Sixth Street, uh, and if we can't get like the Save Our Stages Act and other things passed, um, you know, these places are not going to have the money to just have to run operating costs. So, not even just the comedy specific venues, but just, you know, venues as a whole are is is the thing that that you know undergirds the whole community and uh, and the ability also i just something i care a lot about as you know we we started a little independent show and built our own thing and others should we i i love to see that happen and that's 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 what a community is right it, it's it's self-replenishing and and i'm i'm afraid that people are gonna have a harder time finding those venues to start their own show and build their own thing and that's that's the stuff that that long term can have a really you know rough impact on on specifically our community within the performing arts community as a whole you know i mean we're not the live musical capital of the world if we're not putting on shows we're not we're we're, we're not the the thriving yeah. independent you know comedy scene that, that we think we are if people can't you know kickstart their own thing and find an audience mm-hmm. yeah. you, you mentioned well, and then part of it oh go ahead, go ahead Abby. well part of it is like the magic of like the the magic of live shows, the magic of live comedy and like shoulder to shoulder and like laughter is felt. It is a, it's a vibration in the room and like low ceilings and small rooms. And like, you feel, you feel it. And that's the sad thing about all of this is like that it feels like it infringes on comedy more than any other art form, like live art form. And that like you, the, you have to space it out and like by spacing it out you're, you're losing so much of the magic and the beauty and like the funness of it you know and like it just is that's the hard thing it's like it's hard to envision a world in which like all of this is okay again because like i like a sweaty basement with like <laughs> low ceilings with like bad ventilation and like you just feel other people's laughs as much as you feel your own laughs from your in your heart and it's just like it, it it feels hard to see that point in time where we can get back to that point. But like, that's the beauty, like that's just the fucking funnest part of it. It's just like laughter, the vibrations of the laughter in the room and like everything just like, it just feels so good. And that's like, when I, like and people that come to comedy shows that are new to local comedy, when they're like, oh, I like Darren Cook. And like, they haven't really liked anything <laughs> since, you know, like, like, you miss what's amazing about comedy and like the vibe, like the vibration and like the pulse of it, you know, and like you have to experience it. And like, it's so good for you to experience that like community of laughing with people. Like, sh- like you feel everybody's laughter in your, like, in your own, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And it's like, it's just good for you. You know? I want to ask you, Gabby, because when, when COVID happened, you and Leah were, had, been co-hosting a show i don't even know if you had hit a year no okay so you're kind of in that new you're you're becoming a a producer and you're a co-host of a show so you're at 
you know, the infancy of what Brendan and Duncan have had have been totally working on. So, I mean, what aside from what you were just talking about, like personally, what did it mean to you to lose those things and to wonder because you're young, you're a younger comic? I am no, and and it was. I mean, it's. And for me, like, and I, it, comedy was something new. I've only been doing comedy for three, three, four years now. And like, it's, it's still relatively like a new thing for me. And like, comedy is the first thing I found that I was just like, yes, like this thing is like, I love doing it. Like, no matter, like, I'll never, I'll never not do comedy. Like, I'll never not, like, no matter how much I eat shit on stage, like, I'm gonna keep going up and like, keep going to open mics and like, I'll be 70 years old and doing this shit. And like, I love it so much. And so for this to kind of happen in like the early infancy of my comedy and like kind of producing and like trying to trying to make shows that I wanted to go see, you know, it was like, I've, I mean, and I can't imagine how it feels to somebody that's been doing comedy for so much longer but like, this is the longest break I've ever had, you know, like that, that whole time of, you know, like March, April, May, June was just like weird. And then to me, comedy was, it became a compulsion of like, I have to do this to stay, to stay sane and like to keep from getting in trouble with like work or like my mom or something. And <laughs> I, it hit, I, and I can't imagine how much harder it would be for people that have been, have had the like beautiful opportunity to make this more part of their lives but like it was such a priority for me and it I like you can't you can't outwork your environment like you can't outwork the like trueness of everything that's happening around you like you can't like outgrind like the shittiness of COVID you know and so it was just like it's this whole year has been just a lesson in patience for me and I'm not a patient person you know but it's um I've, I'm I'm grateful for everything that it's forced me to learn and give, given me and taken away from me and made me appreciate, you know. So I'm I'm gonna use Richard as my transition uh, topic person because uh, Richard, I, I'm gonna out your business here and say you actually didn't get out and about that much. Uh, you kept plugged into what was happening with the comedy scene through me a lot of times because I tell you, oh, I went to this show, I, I went to that show, and I keep you up to date that way. And obviously, you you follow a lot of the the comedy that's that's happening in town and and across the country. Uh, when COVID happened, uh, we 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 happened to be blessed to be uh, paired up with Laura Smith, who had this idea like right out of the gate hey we should do online shows <laughs> and you were like you were kind of looking at you're always looking to uh expand your technical knowledge like you're just that type of person so how did it feel being in that position and then just kind of adapting to what we were doing with comedy wham i also like buying new electronics and that was a real uh, motivation. No, it's uh, to say I got out uh, rarely previously is, is probably being generous. Um, <laughs> and in the age of, of COVID, 
I'm not great with math, but I'm sure there's a hundred percent higher chance that I catch it if I leave the house than if I stay inside the house. Um, so it was a good opportunity, certainly for, for comedy women, for the, the comics that we've, that we've worked with to be able to pull something together with tools that honestly were just kind of coming into their own at the time to make these things happen. Um, and what everyone on the stream doesn't get to see is the green room, you know, experience as it were beforehand where we gather and talk sometimes less, sometimes more shit about everyone that's going to be on while they're in the room uh, and hang out. And then afterwards there have been some of the greatest conversations uh, in the comedy scene that, that I've personally experienced um, in the, in the quote after shows that sorry again, folks, it's private, but um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a new, it's a more intimate, if you will, kind of experience, which is odd because we're all sitting in our own caves, very far from each other, safe, very far from each other. Yeah. Yeah. I do so wonder, that, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go. I do wonder, cause some of the talk in the first topic, um, it's about Cold Town shifting temporarily or what have you to online. And I, I wonder at what point in our minds or how many times we're going to say, well, this was a temporary, this is a, to tide us over, this is to keep things moving. Now we've got potentially another six months for a lot of the bigger venues and so on. Um, but to kind of Brendan's point of keeping an audience, does this ever transform into, okay, this is how you start getting caught back up with us and how we're going to bring things back live and, and maintain that, that continuity for, for some of the shows and venues. It's crazy how, and I've seen this on a couple of different levels, like entertainment wise and also like professionally, like we, we as a society have had to do, like we've adapted to a virtual world. The virtual is secondary to reality. And I think what this has done is, switched those two things and like your presence online and your you know ability to serve your audience in a way that is like consistent and interesting has become a bigger priority than a couple hours on a Friday night mm-hmm. you know once a month and it's a really hard shift to do it's a really it, it requires a huge mind shift and like the labor involved is different and like I'm not and I say that as somebody that's like I'm not very good at like that aspect of being online also like it's something I'm still kind of trying to figure out for myself and but it's kind of this weird new reality of our world where like if when we beat this pandemic like I feel like another one is gonna be on its heels like it's something that we're all learning how to deal with and like process and we have to kind of constantly kind of be vigilant of like shit is going to keep happening in our world that is out of our control and that it's going to make us stay home to protect ourselves. And it's a privilege to stay home and protect ourselves, you know, and like, it doesn't mean that like the world stops, but the world has to change. And like the priority of the way that we do things has to change. And it's, it's, it, it's a really weird, it's a weird time. And like, it's not as temporary as we thought it was, you know? And I think that's kind of like the big lesson of like, temporary lasts a very long time. Like temporary is going to end up being a couple of years. And that's not a drop in the bucket, you know? Yeah. One of the things that uh, 
we observed because we were on with this the isolation comedy show we were on this madcap pace because what we wanted to do is give comics who needed that release an opportunity for them to do that yeah and so we went from every friday to tuesdays and fridays and we were i mean we were able to fill those shows but it was interesting as somebody who's booking and producing seeing the people and i'm not i'm not going to name names but there were people that were very resoundingly fuck online shows i'm not doing it fuck zoom yeah and then some fridays that well, person was me it's different <laughs> It's just different. And it was so funny to me as somebody that ho- like I filled in for, I, I hosted a few of these shows mm-hmm. and I, I, I did some of my own and I hosted some and like, it was very weird to like have fun in your computer. Yeah. And I had so many shows with you guys where it was like, I was not here for three hours. I was here for three hours and like, to close like to close it out like when and especially like the pre-green room and the post-green room and like you know when it's all said and done and and and, like you're still trying to have fun you're still trying to make it like a regular comedy show so you're drinking at home or you're you know whatever you're doing whatever you do normally and like it's so odd to feel like you just had this amazing experience with like people and like and then I close the thing and I'm like back here with my dog and my fucking sewing machine you know like it was like a weird disassociating thing and like but then also like it's to call it a co- it, it, it's a comedy show but it's not stand it is not bound to the it's not parameters of stand-up right and the people that did well recognize the limitations of the, the medium and like i had the most fun when i stopped yeah. trying to do stand-up and i did like stupid shit that was like i have a i had a keynote presentation and i like put fireworks in it and it was like so dumb and it was so funny like i had so much fun doing it because it was like i'm not doing my jokes i'm not doing like set up punchline set up punchline wait for laughs set up punchline wait for laughs like because you can't hear those laughs and so it has to be like screenshotable it has to be taking advantage of the fact that it is virtual like you have to recognize the limitations of the construct that you're in you know yeah i think we've been on several several tours of your apartment gabby at this point yeah yes (laughs) yes you you guys know all the all the corners of this place (laughs) we know the nightstand (laughs) yeah i got a new nightstand but i have extra drawers (laughs) and and i i didn't i mean i just you know i used that as a punchline that they were we we saw that there were comics that were making these hard and fast declarations we had fun you know i'm to speak for richard we had fun exactly when that happened when people who maybe had been against them just kind of opened their their minds to it and just mm-hmm. said i'm gonna have fun and then you realize that oh there's that pre-green room there's the post and it's an opportunity for me to connect with people i haven't been able to see and hug in a few months and for us it was cool because colton who you know, knows apparently everybody under the moon was able to get us people from across the country. And that was amazing. For other countries. I was like, <laughs> the fact that we had people and and, and we had Australians yes. doing stand up at 8 a.m. their time. And like 
murdering <laughs> with their like stupid, funny fucking jokes. And it was like, I don't do anything at 8am. And like, here you are, like, making me laugh my ass off. Like, it was, and, and when I say it was so weird, it was like weird in the best possible, like, I just didn't know it was possible to have that much fun virtually. Like, it really, like, yeah. that gave me so, like, you guys' shows gave me so much hope in such a dark, and like, it was such a dark, like, April, I'm so glad that we as a country and like, as a human race are like past the like, we didn't, we didn't know what we know about the virus now in April. And I'm still able to be like, sorry, like I'm going to, I have a show tonight and like, I'm going to a show and I'm hosting this show. And it's like the highlight of my week. And it was just, it was like, you guys did something that like a lot of people were able, like could talk shit about as like a sweeping declaration. And if you experienced it, you know that that does not apply to comedy wham. We did. No, I, I, I would just market. throw, sorry. <laughs> oh no. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I, I, so I, I would say as somebody, so uh, if, if everyone has the need, the knee jerk, like, you know, this is fuck this never do a zoom shit. Like reaction is an idiot. Like uh, it, it, I think so. It's already been said by now, but like, I, I don't think it's it's not stand-up comedy for all the reasons that Gabby described what makes stand-up comedy its own thing. It's the only performing art that doesn't exist without an audience in the room with you. The dynamic of playing off of the live crowd in real time of that feeling, especially of, you know, in a in a hot room with a low ceiling or, you know, giant crowd in the outdoor show and it's somehow going great. Like the dynamics at play are what defines the experience for the person performing and that necessarily defines the performance, right? So it, it's not stand-up comedy, but like you can still have fun on the fucking internet, right? Like funny, creative people can come up with great things, and that's gonna, you know, that's gonna draw out this entire other strain of creativity from people, and that's great. I would not do a Zoom show because, uh, you know, maybe I'm a little dogmatic. I'm a bit of a purist, but you know, like I love stand-up comedy for the thing that it is, and that's the thing that turns me on and makes me want to 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 perform. Uh, you know, I. I I have other places to be funny and creative in my life, but stand-up comedy is something that I care deeply about. I've loved my whole life and something that, you know, uh, a facsimile of this type wouldn't be enough for me. And I say that as someone who helps comics put out facsimile comedies, recorded comedy albums. I'm more of a purist where I think that audit, that audio experience is also its own thing and is a little more representative of what that live show experience is because it was done live with an audience. Um, but Zoom has been an incredible thing for, you know, I, I think you've also already put your finger on the thing that I kind of miss the most where, you know, having been in the stand-up scene in Austin for getting close to a decade now and also having started when I was about 30, you know, I, I, I didn't get into doing comedy for the social aspect of it. But that is so, the social aspect of being a member of a community is so important to, to being a creative person in a town like Austin, in a non-New York, L.A. industry town, right? And the thing that maybe I miss the most about, about doing our show is that having our Friday show was, you know, I didn't necessarily, you know, after a long day or, you know, I work a job and just I'm an old person now, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I'm not going to go to mug shots, but every single week some comedy friends come and hang out at our house, right? Like they come and hang out at the green room at fallout. 
And I'm so glad that, 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 that we at least have a medium that gives some version of that along with it, because the thing that I'm more concerned about in terms of the ability for stand-up comedy to come back is the ability of comedians to be comedians again. And I think that without having a creative community that, that can provide that social side of things, I think that, you know, we joke about how depression makes for good comedy, but fucking doesn't like, you know, you have to have, you have to have people in your life. You have to have things in your life to talk about, or you're not interesting to anyone. Right. And I think that, that zoom and, and other, you know, virtual formats have, have provided so many new ways for people to find the outlet of comedy for them in this time. And that's great. Even, even if it's not necessarily for me, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, the, if, if everybody doesn't already know this, I love Jasmine Ellis to the moon and the stars. My first uh, comedy wham interview with her, like, I still have her, one of her quotes, like memorized it, it, it drives a lot of, uh, uh, how I can calm my own anxiety. And I remember reaching- Wait, what's the quote? Uh, it is, anxiety writes its own script in your head. Yeah. Yeah, it's like really calming because you She's realize- a wise lady. Oh, you're, you know, you're in Love Jasmine. Yeah. And I loved reaching out to her and asking her if she wanted to do our show and she was really reluctant and she's just an example of somebody who's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to give it a shot. And I know I keep raving about her, her cool gold cur- curtain that she had on <laughs> in the background. And every time I see it, because now she's doing lots of Zoom shows and she's using it to keep her hustle going. And she's, you know, out in LA. And if you want that Jasmine, if you want that Jasmine Ellis raw experience, get yourself Trash Baby available <laughs> in digital stores everywhere. <laughs> Hell yeah! Get yourself some merch. There's some T-shirts <laughs> at Jasmine Ellis <laughs> at Gab Monty at Brendan. I don't know. What, I don't know. You're at is it K O'Grady? I don't think. A lot of I think I'm on the internet. Oh, <laughs> I think I saw you were suspended. Oh. No, I couple sorry. places. I take a I, I take a perverse pleasure in like being a stand-up comedy purist the way that like I have a fucking cassette deck behind me like I'm 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 just I've never I grew up in a punk rock scene and like I've never saw a show at a like you know basketball arena that ever gave me the feeling oh, of the best shows I ever saw with a handful of people oh fucking dope uh I about it, you know the, the the shows that I saw with a handful of people in a sweaty tiny uh, club room, and I, you know I, I like the the analogness of it. I like uh, I, I like not not really giving a shit about being a presence on the internet. If you see me on a comedy show, you're gonna see me do the thing that I love to do, the thing that I I try really hard to be good at, and in some also way like I I don't necessarily want to try to do stand-up comedy material on a zoom show because i don't want to forget how to do the thing i know how to do which is be live with an audience and 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 improvise which is so much of what we do you know you know i i do a sure thing a lot uh you know as a as a host um just like well you know a few of these people came last week so can i think of something new to say to them today right like and that's Mm -hmm. that's that's the stuff where like i almost don't want to like I don't want to learn. I don't want to work out and, and tone new muscles because I'm afraid I'll lose like the, the 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 few that I have doing the thing that I that I like doing, which is live in the room. And if you weren't there, you fucking missed it. 
Yeah. I and I and I I love that and and I feel that 100% and I also I feel like I kind of straddle both kind of places where it's like my millennialness is showing and I'm sorry. I'm so much younger than you. Oh my god. It's so embarrassing. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I've I feel like I've like I'm putting off boomer vibes. I'm 38 <laughs> years old, okay? 38 I'm 82 91. 82. Okay, that's fine. Look, this isn't about. It's not. I'm it's not saying. a competition, but I am younger. Just like playing no, mathematically. Of course, and that's like, that's, okay. It's not a close competition okay. anyway. Oh my god, <laughs> you cannot take nine years away from me. I like life is better now than it's ever been. Don't make me go back. No, I would never. And like, and it's, it's, it's weird because it's like I also am not into like I don't want to be a TikTok creator. Like that's not like my, like that's not that's, you, being funny isn't like there's funny and then there's comedy and like there's those are different things and then there's funny and then there's comedy and then there's stand-up and those are like com- like completely all different things and like a tiktok creator is not a stand-up comedian like get the fuck out of here and like you if you don't know what it's like you have to just go and like experience a room and read the room and like maybe bomb your ass off and like maybe it goes well maybe it doesn't and it it but it's it's a weird time because like you have to i don't know it's like a this bizarre adaptation of like understanding that there's people that want to see you that are also not comfortable going to see you live and it doesn't mean that your like the grind stops and it doesn't mean that like the you know and it and it and it and it's weird because it's like especially like posting things like if you haven't had an hour like you don't want to post you don't want to like you know like blow your own load you know like you don't want to post your own jokes before gross. it's happened <laughs> what'd you say family show speaking of, speaking of me too <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like no and, and that actually this is i feel sorry val but i feel like this is kind of a good con- like kind of transition into that piece because i feel like there's a lot of people that are here that are don't really understand what comedy is and don't understand how much work goes into how effortless it looks yeah and like you shouldn't you number one you cannot take video of another comedian and post it like period oh my god this this dead-eyed psychopath zoomer generation of people who've had touch screens in front of them since they were born are going to be the death of us uh the i mean it, it, like, it used to be annoying when a cell phone went off. we're giving we're giving you yeah. visibility yeah. we're giving you it's like no. that's a great joke i don't need people to see that like that didn't add like and they shouldn't be seeing it from you like that should be coming from me like fuck off like don't post my shit like that's my joke that's hey, my but, like mean yo, yo 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 it's just content i'm just sharing content <laughs> It's content. It's meant to be shared because it's content. Everything is content. As many followers as me. Fuck you and your content. (laughs) It doesn't. It's not content if it's not over 10k followers. I'm sorry. If you can't commoditize content if you don't have the swipe up for a link on a story. Shit. We have 10,000 followers. And and it's hard. I don't either. I don't either. But you can't take people's jokes and post them, and like pretend that it's a value add when you're really you're just like outing them and their future act oh See, this just, is also that, where i like miss a, live that's like a nerve uh, yeah. this is where i miss the live shit too i miss throwing people out 
Like, mm, the, 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 and I making an example of the or worst like people. Just ruining, like, ooh. Just, uh, the, or, or, like, that experience. So, we had a thing happen where a guy tried to fight me on stage. Uh, oh like, God. just just took a joke, literally. And I, I get, and he walked up on stage and he swatted the mic out of my hand. And just getting that feeling of having the entire crowd turn on this person as well as we oh threw God. them out. I mean, t- these are the, these are the unifying earring. experiences. These are the things that make it a thing. <laughs> And I, I been back to think I might have said that. <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's a, the beautiful and fucked up thing about comedy is like, comedy is not meant to live. Like stand up is not an online thing. Like stand up is in the moment. You feel like your blood should be pumping. Like things should get you excited. Like any reaction is a good reaction. Like kick somebody out, like fucking punch somebody in the face. Like I don't give a shit, but like keep it in the room. And I think with like but everything that's what that's juices happening. it. That's, yeah, yeah. The, it's the thing that makes the audience remember we're all experiencing the same thing. It only happened this way, and yes. you know it, it makes them know it's fucking real. That's why we go do live things. That's why we want to be together in groups to experience we're those all things and remember what's all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to remember that we are here, we are together, we are Human physical beings. beings, we exist for this fucking moment together. And I don't really want to exist, but this is a good time to exist. It's, it's the only hours. way to. It's the only way to, yes. yeah. Yes. All right, we're going to shift into another topic. <laughs> <laughs> this one should uh, get us ramped I up. feel like I should say sorry, but I'm not going to, but oh, I just feel like I one. should. Yeah. <laughs> No, if you apologize, then uh, one of us will berate you. So there are no clips problem. of that rant will be available oh, for You're you to share. You're speaking my love language. Don't. don't <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I just I I was just recording that off to the side. And I'll be posting it later as you know I'm a content creator. And you won't and you won't tag me. That's so nice. <laughs> Millennial comment. You'll like loses you'll it. like miss you'll like misspell my name like. <laughs> Our community is changing so fast. I mean, we have an influx of people that are moving to Austin, Dude, changing the comedy. It's going- I had a mic last night. I reckon I half of those people were new to me. Half. Yeah. And like, and then if I were to break it down into people that were pre COVID, there was like, maybe six people that were comedians in Austin before March. Wow. Yeah. I can't it, keep up with the names. I mean, I try to join all the groups where the comics are talking to each other and doing shows. I can't keep up with a name. It's, and it, it's hard. And it's as uh, somebody that's like, I, and I'm kind of working on a showcase show and there's a lot of new people and they're coming like whether or not, like there's no there's nothing we can do about that first of all like they're they're here yeah so joe joe rogan is here uh (laughs) joe is here air joe is here (laughs) and you know it's not it's competition's not a bad thing necessarily i think it's just a it's a weird influx time where it's like there's people that um, are we're part a fixture of Austin comedy and like they're the people that moved here, the people that don't give a shit about their own health, and 
as somebody that already had COVID. I had COVID at a birthday show. It was my birthday. It was Christmas. I had, I got COVID like before I canceled it all. I like just didn't, I I opted out of my birthday, Christmas, New Year. It just all didn't happen. And it, and it's totally fine. Like I'm better. Everything's okay. I'm young. Everything's fine. But like the people that are moving here are people that like, comedy is all that they have and that is also respectable you know like it's respectable to go somewhere where like you're chasing a thing that like you are excited about and like you know if you're working remote like nothing nothing matters you know like it's all a weird fever dream of existence and I think it's up to people that have been here to have ethics and integrity and rules and I am cunty about my rules and I just hate lateness is like my one thing is like just don't be late like you're not going to be on like if you have another show tell me but like be on time is like my only thing you know and like it's just it, it, it it's a weird time of like you just have to over communicate and just I think that's the importance of comedy wham too of like a centralized location for information and like and I've had I mean I had a mic yesterday and people showed up that like didn't dm me and because they didn't know and I'm like hey welcome to Austin most uh everything is a dm mic you dm to get everywhere like we're not gonna make you show up three hours early to get on a mic yeah dm to get on here's where to find all that information. Go to Comedy Wham. Here's a couple of groups. Uh, and and then the other thing I do as a host, like as a, out on my night, like I talk to Aaron Cheatham, who's working at Santa Cruz. I talk to Tyler Sazinski, who's at Micheladas. And so I fig, like, figure out like, okay, where is there room? Like, where can I send people? And so I, I send people places and I'm I'm communicating with these other hosts and like, a couple of comedians are like making fun of me yesterday. They're like, you take this so seriously. Like these people don't give you anything. They don't pay you anything. They don't, you don't owe them anything. And it's like, I just, it's important to me. I love doing it. And I want people to like, I want people to have as much fun doing comedy as I have fun doing comedy. And like one of the great things about Austin comedy is like, you can get up like pre COVID. You could get up two, three nights, like two, three times per night easily and we're getting back to that point and it continues to kind of like escalate and so it's like I want to do that work for people I want to introduce people and like you're not gonna I'm not gonna just squeeze you in for no reason but like I'm gonna teach you the way of the land and like I'll tell you all I'll give you the spiel in 60 seconds or less and then you're gonna skadoodle on out of here and like I'll see you next week like dm me on Thursday morning and and that and that's been happening you know and so it's a weird it's a weird time. I was say for good or for ill, is there is there a sense that there's a reset coming and in, in kind of the processes in the community and how you get into get in to perform? It's definitely there's definitely a reset because like a lot of venues are closing. A lot of new comedians that don't know anything about running a show all of a sudden have a show. And they don't understand the kind of work that goes into that. And uh, there's been people that aren't even comedians that decide to start running shows that are like, they think it's this 
they think it's this like untapped gold mine and it's like ah like it's we don't do this for the money like we do this because we have a it's like we have no like we're it's a compulsion like we have no choice like I love doing this and to see people like trying to take advantage of comedians is just like especially when you're not a comedian like it's yeah. it's a it's like that plus like lateness or like my two like <laughs> raw nerves and it just is like don't you can't charge twenty dollars for a ticket and not pay a featured comic oh, like God. fuck off yeah it's yeah. it's so it's so I'm just having that moment realizing like Jesus I guess I'm like an old man in the comedy <laughs> scene because. <clears throat> there's i mean this 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 is how the cycle always goes like you know you you start miking and you know you're going up six seven eight times a week whatever like every you know you'll sit you will wait around for two hours to get a three minute spot right like and there's just the hunger for it and you're improving at such a rate that That's like that, that you can feel yourself evolving and getting better in real time <laughs> like uh and and you know six months in in you're like oh god i can't believe how bad i was when i started you're six months in and six <laughs> six weeks later you'll be like can't fucking believe i was talking about how good i was six weeks ago and like that happens um I think that what is so one there's the health concern aspect of this that is unique to the moment and I think that the people who are you know just dirtbag pieces of shit are going to get weeded out and like no one's going to want to go do their shows if people don't feel safe there and stuff right It's like, already happening. Yeah, and and then there's also like <clears throat> what 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 seems unique and talking about this with Duncan um recently is that you know they they talk about the the first stand up comedy boom right in the late 80s early 90s and suddenly every you know tiny town that couldn't have an applebees had two comedy clubs and like it was unsustainable and then when the boom went and in then in the late 90s early 2000s stand up comedy was not cool it was not on television uh you know the, the late night shows occasionally had stand ups but there was no like dedicated stand up shows practically on tv stand up comedy was just lame youtube comes along now people start to feel like stand-up comedy is cool again. And then we have this obsession with, com with comedy and every fucking HBO show is about, com is about comedians, real lives and stuff. That was a boom and a bubble as well. And COVID is popping that bubble. We're not going to have all the same venues come back. Like a lot of those places that could host a mic aren't going to be able to, that could host a show aren't going to be able to. And that makes this a really exciting time because the people who are going to want to do it are the like are the ones who are really feeling are the ones who are meant to do it are the ones who are who are driven to go out and mic the way they are because that's the stage they are in their journey developing this art and this craft for whatever it is, and so. I mean, I, I'm not like, I don't worry about like, you know, oh, like, you know, is some, I don't, there is no competition to, to the thing that we do. Like we're, yeah. if we get to come back and get to do our thing, we're going to do it because we, because we, we could, we think we can, you know, put on the show that we put on and like, there's enough equity in that, that, you know, anybody who puts in the work to get to any point with their show is going to be able to keep doing it that way because you're doing it the right way. So I'm not trying to say like, you know, oh, just enough people have to like kind of just do what we did. I don't mean that. I mean, people are going to come up with their own thing, their own show. They're going to build their audience the right way. You know, people who paid 20 bucks for a ticket uh, and find out that like the comics don't get paid and like this person doesn't change the mics quite, like during a pandemic and shit, that's not going to last. And those people aren't going to get good enough or funny enough 
to for for anyone else to want to work with them. So, yeah, you know, I I just I, I look at this and I feel like it's super exciting. Like I, you know, it, it, when there isn't a pandemic going on, there's the couple of mics that I like to go to, and you know, I'm you know lucky enough that, that I'm not like you know, micing is not a huge part of my life, but like it's the lifeblood of an alternative comedy scene. And that's what we are. We're not an industry town. And guess what? Industry's not fucking coming here. Like with all of this, there's certainly not going to be the same kind of a, a level of attention on, you know, things like we don't have a funniest person Austin contest anymore. We don't have, you know, moon tower may not get to be moon tower again for a long time. And even those things were things that were outliers in, you know, a midsize American comedy city. All of that to me means we get to just be fucking funny again. We get to just be comics. Some people are going to get into it because they think that they're, that this is their fast track to the big time. Those people are going to go to New York or LA, you know, probably before they should anyway, uh, you know, but this comedy scene is going to be here. And for those of us who are committed and, and love it here and love this comedy scene, you know, we're going to see more cycles of this stuff. This one's going to be really interesting because you really got to want it to be, to, to, to be coming up and, and trying to, trying to, trying it out now. And boy, oh boy, if you think this is bad, wait until people get vaccine wait until the vaccine numbers are up and everybody who's like resolution in quarantine was someday I'm going to do stand-up comedy. That's <laughs> going to be a shitty two months. That's going to be two months that you don't want to go out to the open mics, but some of those people are going to be great. And some of those people are going to become important members of the community and, you know, help this comedy scene thrive for years to come. Yeah. I want to uh, piggyback on, on what you've just been saying, Brendan, because I think it is important if you, if you have, your singular uh, focus in life and you're, you want to be part of the Austin comedy scene, then uh, if you focus on what you're doing and you do it well, then you, know, you, can, you can be happy. You may not you know, get the great headliner that, of your dreams on your show, but um, you know, you, you can be happy if you do the right thing and you just focus on the thing that brings you joy. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pivot this to, to share my experience with the show that, that I've been booking. And I was very conscientious. We were booking the show uh, that's out here in Lakeway in person before COVID. And we had a, another name. Yeah, right. You and, and, and <laughs> I was going to be on the next one. I I I, the, I was booked on the first one to get canceled. I'm sorry. Sure. I was very excited to come check it out, and I was very yeah. excited to see you host. Yeah, and you know, post COVID, like so, if if you don't know, my co-host is Chris Castles, and he and I are like you. You could just say we are just polar opposites in personality, because he's you know libertarian. He's just very easygoing about things, and me, I'm you know mother hen. You're sober. I'm, I'm so, <laughs> yeah. um, so when you, Chris. they really wanted, uh, Castro's really wanted the comedy show back. And, you know, at first I'm like, uh-uh, no way. I, I can't, I can't do that. I, I'm a single mom. So there's a lot riding on my, my safety. Um, so I, I, I begged off. I let Chris, do it his way and then I started to sit and think about it and I realized well this is this is such a great opportunity it's here in in the area that I live this bar grill is really eager to do this and this suburb is craving entertainment so I 
said, okay, I, I definitely want to do this, but I have to be able to do it under the safest conditions. And I've gotten into tiffs with people because I have, I had declared that I thought our approach was one of the safest approaches. We don't share mics, bring your own mic, or I provide loaner mics. Um, if you are willing to share mics, I have disinfecting wipes. Uh, I, I'm masked up the entire time. The bar, uh, you know, they have a different venture, but I mask up. Oh, there you go. You've got your mask. Yeah. Or my covers. So I knew that, you know, what was important to my safety was the model that I was going to be happy with. And, you know, it's, it's, it's worked out. We, we have a small number of comics on each show. So that helps too. So it's like, yeah, there may be other shows that are booking eight, 10 people on a show and maybe they don't uh, focus as much on trading out mics, bringing own mics, having mic covers. And it's like, that's okay. Cause I know what I'm doing feels good to me. I've been an observer and a participant in the comedy scene now enough that I know what can work. And it's satisfying. I mean, it would be nice if one day I could say, hey, we're about to have our nine-year anniversary of running this this show. I mean, that would be a, a really big deal. It means that all along, we've been doing it right. Yeah. Because yeah, like... I... Uh-oh. Gabby, your audio... <laughs> so so. <laughs> so uh, Val, if I could just add to that, like, so also, you know, if you're doing it the right way, I think that you're going to have the right reputation with with comics. Like, you know, if comics don't feel safe, they're going to tell each other. And the people who do run like shitty shows and do it the wrong way, like they're goons and they would have run a shitty show if there wasn't a pandemic. There would have been other shit they didn't do well, like and they they would they would earn, uh, you know, the reputation they earn. And that's why, like, I'm never like, you know, it just yeah, every couple of years, there's a giant new class of people who comes in 2011 when I started in Austin stand up like. 30 or 40 comics like who all like all went on to run shows and mics and stuff we all came here from other places at the same time that'll happen sometimes and some people are going to you know just think they're cashing in or or you know think you know just don't give a shit about doing it the right way of being a comedian or being a showrunner the right way but the ones who do it the right way are the ones who stick and and all you got to do to be an institution around here is just stick. Just don't go away. Doggy paddle till you get there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's why I feel too of this whole time. It's like the fucked up thing is like with our past president, it's hard to know what like the right thing is to do because there was no right thing to do. And all all I could do was like, Okay, I have mic covers. I would love if you have your own mic. I am super comfortable with that. Like, and that's kind of it. That's all I can do. I don't know, yeah. you know. I'm sorry. I just saw a ghost in your uh, yeah. I saw a ghost yeah, on your shoulder. It just terrified me. 
I thought this was over six minutes ago. <laughs> well, we're, we are going to start winding it down. This has been a really great, like, 90-minute uh, deep conversation about the zombie scene. Um, so we can. Like- I haven't talked to anybody in 11 months. <laughs> what? Please don't hang up on me. Wise? Well, we can hang out in the post green room. <laughs> Tickets are available um, for ninety nine dollars. I I'll I'll put a shout out just in case uh, any anyone in our audience wants to submit a question. We can keep an eye on the chat for the next couple of minutes. But I I want to start winding down, and I know we we have covered some some heavy topics, uh, some not so great fun topics, but you know. Uh, I, I, I hope I can speak for Richard. Richard, maybe you can chime in, but I, I feel a lot of hope for the Austin comedy scene. Um, I, I hope that those people who are coming from LA, which is, you know, obviously it's one of the, the, the coasts with the, their big comedy scenes. I hope the people coming from LA don't think they can fix the Austin comedy scene, but, you know, no. we, we grow organically. We have, you know, since I've been an observer of the scene, and, um, you know, I, I hope they don't try to, to fix it, but Richard, do you want to add yeah, something? Change, change is always disruptive. Um, but it's a, we are, uh, a society that likes to, um, equalize, right? So maybe disruptive for a while, maybe new, maybe different, but we'll, I believe the best will, I hope to use my word for the future, <clears throat> hopeful, <laughs> that things will work out and um there's a lot of a lot of good people in the community supporting the scene and um i think they'll continue to be recognized Our you guys know i'm from la broken, right also <laughs> this scene is thriving and existing and like join it like it's like double dutch you can't like you have to just join into what's already <laughs> happening you can't start a new tempo <laughs> yeah i mean there was so much speculation when when rogan moved here and then you know ron white has a has a, has a presence here right at the time the cap um shut down it's like oh maybe he can be our savior well be your own savior you know if you're if you're able to do it in a positive way contribute to the austin scene I don't think more stage time is a bad thing, but nobody should be cannibalizing each other. And that's what I like on, you know, on my mic night, like I communicate with all the other hosts. Like it's not a me or them. It's like, Oh, well I'm full, but let me, let me send you to Aaron. Let me send you to Tyler. And I, I, I would hope that that's what people from LA or elsewhere would like come and like, be excited to contribute to what's here and and you know join in where there is a gap and yeah. so like a, like do a late night show do a late night you know don't take my fucking seven thirty on thursday show you know what i mean like <laughs> and don't be late we've learned that and don't be late or tell me first <laughs> i hate late i hate late it's like the yeah, only I- thing it's my only thing yeah, so so I full disclosure, I am from Los Angeles, but I'm an Austin comedian. Oh, you're a cut. Yeah, no, okay. Well, you know. 
it's just, it's just I, a place to grow up, you know. Uh, <laughs> but so I, if I could make also a note, like it's so my feet, my 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 deepest darkest fear is that Joe Rogan opens the comedy club. Like like that's that's like the the thing that's like way in the background because like. No, like some, yeah, some like look. So like Joe Rogan moves to Austin. Who gives a shit? Joe Rogan does not do what we do. Like Joe Rogan, you know, comedian. I I, I don't I don't care. I'm not his audience. And like does stand up. Like sure, but he doesn't do what we do, which is maintain a comedy scene, right? Like and like we're the ones who are the comedy scene. The people who run mics. The people who run <laughs> local showcases. The people who run the local showcase clubs. Like. You know, it, that, it, my, the, I, I just, I just have like nightmare visions of like, of, of like someone who just has a lot of like out of pocket money, uh, actually like plunking it down, and then suddenly we all have to like go hang out at that bar every, you know, every spring when there's a contest. But like, the, otherwise, that shit just like it, it doesn't register. Like, you know, famous people are gonna come and they're gonna go. What it means is that like there's gonna be some more like pop up shows at Stubbs or the Paramount or something. And once in a while, a local gets plucked out of nowhere and becomes you know like gets to do ten minutes on those spots. And that's fucking great when you're like when you you know you can make a little bit of money for a couple of shows. But that shit's not the scene. That's not what yeah. Austin comedy is. They are not going to define Austin comedy because they are already their own thing with their own other audience. And that audience is also in Austin. Like that's like saying like when a big band comes and plays somewhere that like that they're, ha- they're engaging in the scene. The Austin comedy scene is the comics who come up here. It's yeah. the comics who maintain the infrastructure that allows people to do comedy in Austin uh, and people who write about it, people who publicize it. Right. Like, I mean, comedy way has been in a, hugely important part of the comedy scene especially in the last few years uh you know the austin chronicle has had writers who have been very generous about writing about comedy over the years not a lot of towns have an alternative weekly paper anymore and even the ones that do don't write about comedy they don't have comedy listings like we're special we're a town that gets to have that because we have a comedy scene not because joe rogan uh, is, is scheduled to do some spots with dave Chappelle. which oopsie not even happening like I, and by the way, I fucking hope Elon Musk got COVID. Like I, oh my god! Like, <laughs> do you know how much? Do you know how much joy it would get? Uh, how much joy I would get if he died because of a disease he contracted here? <laughs> Mo- like left California to come here and then got COVID. Fuck that guy. Hey, Brendan, I I may want to interview one of these people. So, <laughs> hey, look. You, you, then then they'll be they'll be excited to know that just like the joe rogan experience you have an open mind to all kinds of guests true, that is true you know what opens your mind dmt yeah we fucking know we like everyone understands drugs how is this still how is this still the the, the crux that, that we sold sure thing to spotify for a hundred million dollars i don't know some people some people say some people say this is a bubble i don't know i think it's gonna last forever yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, on that note, uh, let's close out with my my final question. Uh, I'll start uh, back with you, Brendan. One word to describe your future. Now I should say, now now I should make (laughs) that that'd be funny, right? Um, I don't know. Upcoming, like there there will be one. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's. There, it, it, as we're always going to remember this time in our lives, 
it, it, it you know it's going to be a big blur but it's going to be the biggest blur in our memories right like we're always going to have that and uh and because we're going through it right now and because the kind of you know when the aftertime might be also seems very blurry for all of the reasons that that we know it's it's you know but we do know there's going to be an after like we're 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 all going to you know likely be lucky enough to see it and so you know the future the future is coming it it there there's going to be one and that's 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 what I'm uh that's what I'm excited about okay richard uh, i gave you mine it was hopeful and then i think brendan just straight up plagiarized it but that's okay <laughs> I didn't say hopeful come on you said upcoming <laughs> uh, for upcoming yes i would say uh <laughs> i can't write that Short, uh, I can't, work, yeah, right? I can't. It. How do it's I spell a vibe. Right? It's a vibe. Vibe. Oh. Okay. Well, I still had to try to write that down. <laughs> I think it's just a K. I don't know. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, that is <laughs> that is a wrap on uh, Comedy Wham Live with Brendan K. O'Grady, Gabby Montemayor, hosted by me, Valerie, and Richard Goodwin. We hope you've enjoyed hearing, um, sorry, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how uh, Brendan, Gabby, and even Richard have become comedic geniuses that you heard today just as much as I have. Um, Why don't we uh, do a quick uh, run through of socials and things that you want to promote? We'll go with Gabby first. Uh, I am Gab Monty, G-A-B-M-O-N-T-Y on everything. Uh, and I have an open mic on Thursdays, Wanderlust at Wanderlust Wine Co. So just uh, DM me, follow me on Instagram, follow me on stuff. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Okay. And Brendan? Uh, yeah, just at SureThingATX uh, on all the social medias. Um, uh, you, you, you can find me somewhere if you want to hear about punk rock and basketball. That's all I tweet about. Um, but yeah, sure thing ATX, uh, is, is for sure thing. And we, we were, we were lucky to at least have stuff to do over the break. So we put out some great records, uh, Danny Palumbo, Bryson Brown, um, you know, check out, check out those. We, um, yeah, I guess I can say like, so one of, one of the last great shows that we got to do, uh, in the before times, uh, was Avery Moore's album recording. And we are, uh, in motion on that finally. <laughs> so, uh, we, 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 we may, we may, we get, we may get to put out, put, put out something like that here, um, in time to come. So, you know, sure thing, ATX, uh, sure thing records.com. You can find great films by comedians from Austin and beyond. And this is the fucking real shit. This is, if, if you miss it, uh, it's, it's one of the best, uh, one of the best things that can take you back to, to what it was like to sit at your favorite show. I've, I've, I've honestly sat and listened to some of these records recently, just because it's really fun. And it, it, it gave me that feeling. So, you know, if, if, if you can't make it out, if you can't, uh, if, if, if the, if you're having fun on zoom, but you just missed that other experience, you know, um, artists work hard and they've, they put out a lot of really good work. That's, that's all there at your fingertips. It's even on Spotify. Go find comedy Hello. records. <laughs> Uh, Richard, do you have anything to promote besides Comedy Wham? Oh no, he's frozen. Oh no. Oh no. And he, oh, okay. Well, no, he doesn't. The answer is no, he does not. Uh, follow Comedy Wham on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitch, YouTube. 
use our calendar. We're trying to make it easier for, for everyone. Uh, you can filter to just look at the open mics that are coming up or just a showcase. Uh, we, every time you post a show out there, you comics listening, uh, I try to say, hey, submit to the calendar because I think it's a nice place to go to see everything in one spot. Thank and you. as an open mic showrunner, it's just really nice to be like, just go to comedywamp.com. <laughs> like, just do that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can listen to past interviews on iTunes. Uh, I think maybe even Spotify. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we're on the Amazon. Hey, hey, Richard, we hear you now. Um, no, I'm not done. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was going so well. No biz, baby. Uh, a huge thank you to Richard Goodwin for recording and making the technology possible to do this. And thank you to Matt Farley of Motorn Media for the music you heard up top. This has been Comedy Wham! Live with Brendan K. O'Grady, Gabby Montemayor, and Richard Goodwin. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you.